1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: My podcasts often deal with distressing situations which are not suitable for children and some adults, for that matter. Some of what I discuss may trigger uncomfortable emotions. If that does occur, please reach out to Lifeline, Beyond Blue, or any other support service or person you feel comfortable with. Please keep in mind that there's always two sides, sometimes more, to every story. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs. Not everybody will agree with them. I never want to tell any guest what to say or what not to say, so there will always be others that see it differently. And I understand that. Hello, I'm Narelle Fraser. I was a cop with Victoria Police for 27 years, 15 of those as a detective, having dealt with all types of crime, from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. I witnessed the effect crime has on those involved and became one of those victims myself in 2012 when I was diagnosed with PTSD. However, out of adversity comes other opportunities like this, my own podcast. I'm still pinching myself. Thanks for listening and coming with me as we explore the human side and impact of crime. Margaret told us in week one about the knock on her door in 2004 by two police at 7am one morning and being told her son had been killed in a motor vehicle accident. He was completely innocent, however the driver wasn't. He should never have been on the road. He was drunk, drugged, unlicensed and speeding in an unroadworthy car with a roadside alcohol test reading of 0.266 and it appeared in front of a magistrate three times previously for driving offences. Today, Marg identifies many of the issues that she encountered with the judiciary and its failings. She's been to many conferences, education programs and meetings in an effort to push for more understanding and shine a light on the needs and requirements of victims. I wish I would have been a fly on the wall at some of those meetings that Marg describes because she doesn't hold back and which you'll obviously hear today. It'll also come as no surprise to you that Marg has some strong thoughts on road trauma and repeat offenders and how deterrence just don't seem to work. In fact, if they did, Daniel could very possibly and in all likelihood still be with us today. Marg has a passion for young people who've been affected by road trauma. Look, not everybody, and Marg explains this so well, but not everybody wants to sit in a quiet room with somebody they don't know who they think are asking dumb and stupid questions. It works for many people. However, young people often need or want something different, a bit more contemporary. Uh, Marg and her dedicated team organiser camp a few times a year where those kids might find counselling in different places, like for instance, while they're fishing or maybe playing basketball. And it's only if they feel like it, but they all know they are all there for the same reason. And that's a real connection. You know how I talk about connections? Well, that is a real connection that A a young person couldn't find, or generally, I'm generalising here, obviously, couldn't find sitting in a chair with somebody that they've never met before. Marg and her daughter Lisa have also formed an organisation called RTFV, Road Trauma Families Victoria, and they offer counselling and support when family members find themselves in the terrible position that Marg and her husband and daughter Lisa found themselves in. They understand because they've been there too. Marg or Lisa take the grieving family through the process and do whatever they can to help, providing information support. Um, provide, uh, they'll explain the court process, what to expect, uh, what might happen and why, uh, help with a victim impact statement, uh, maybe even drive somebody to counselling. And I have no doubt that if somebody wanted Marg or Lisa to hold their hand, <laughs> they would. Wouldn't even question it. Margaret and her family are doing everything they can for others to never feel as alone, lost, and confused as they did. Anyway, this is our final and part three of my chat with Margaret Markovic. Thank you. So, what is where is the problem? Where is that the wall? Where has the wall come down? Because if you if you can respond and tell the victim of crime commissioner what has happened and Mm. what is wrong and how to improve the system and the system is not, well, I don't think it's improving that much. I mean, of course, it would improve a little bit, but it needs a huge improvement. So where is the problem then?
3: I personally feel the problem is the judiciary itself. Okay.
2: Yeah, expand on that for us.
3: This is an example of an event I went to, I was invited to go to the um, opening of a program for legal studies year 11 and 12. And um, it's it's a pretty good program. Anyway, off I go. So, run by
2: run, uh, run through, through?
3: Probably through the education department, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yep. So being invited, I'm thinking, well, they know who their audience is, you would think, when you invite people. This keynote speaker and the opening address was delivered by a county court, the Chief County Court Justice. I don't think I should mention a name. No, okay. And his introduction was about how media are sensationalising victims and crime rates and sentencing outcomes, blah, blah, blah. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, gosh, I've Mm -hmm. heard all this before over and over. And he said, but the thing is we have these women, these mothers on the steps of the courts saying that the sentence is not good enough. Well, when will it be good enough? They'll never be happy with the outcome. I thought, oh, gee whiz, yes, this is not good. He didn't say it once, Narelle. He said it four times through his opening address.
2: Were fathers no. mentioned?
3: No, so, you know, we're just over these crying women, these emotional mothers on the steps of the court. And mm. da, da, da. So anyway, the lady I was with also lost her son on the road and she couldn't, she couldn't stay there anymore. She left. No. So I said, you know, stay, stay, because there'll be morning tea and it will be a chance to talk to someone. No, she couldn't do it. Fair enough. No worries. Off she went. I hung around. And he... I bet you did. <laughs> I can't let that opportunity go by. I don't reckon you could. <laughs> so morning tea, yep, how'd I go? It's in another little room thing. To get from one room to the next is a little corridor and he's standing there with um, two, like, huge men security people dressed as civvies beside him. I went over, introduced myself, shook his hand and I think he thought I was a journalist because he was very open and smiling and so on. Um, And then I said to him, can I talk to you a little bit more about victims of crime and how things could improve between the judiciary and the victims, normal people, because people don't understand the sentencing hierarchy to know that the outcome is either because of that or this or something else. You can only go on informed in, you know, decision-making and and the information's not there. So it would be great if there could be some bipartisan approach between the judiciary and victims, so that we're all learning from each other, and that can only improve things. And he he looked at me and said, "Oh, well, I don't think that's something I'm, you know, I want to be involved in or not. Something I don't know, something like that." He dismissed oh, it.
0: Yeah.
3: And I said to him, well, can I talk to you then about the your mention of emotional mothers on the steps of the court because I'm <laughs> one of those. He would, have loved, he would have loved that. Oh, my God, I can just see him
2: now Shaky, yeah. shaking in his I said, boots. Because I'm one of yeah. those mothers. Yeah. He went grey. He did. Yeah, I bet he did. So he buddy should. And these two yeah. blokes,
3: either side of him, started to step forward Now, what do they think they were going to do to me? You know, this whole threatening um, uh, approach, you know, like you just threaten people and they'll go away or whatever. And I said to him, look, I really would like to think that we can work something through. Here's my card because I was manager of education at the Shrine at the time. And he wouldn't give me his card and I could never, ever get onto him after that, never have I been able to make contact with him. So that is a glaring example of the pompous. Um, We are right. Um, Victims are victims. We're not stupid because we're a victim. Um, And that's how they address people
2: and treat people as well. Well, All he he had to do, Margaret, was just to say, I'm sorry, or uh, tell me a little bit about yourself or just something so that you at least feel That's right. No, no, no time for that. Didn't want to
3: just, he just couldn't get away from me quick enough.
4: I bet he couldn't. (laughs)
3: So with that said and um, different experiences um, through the sentencing advisory that I attended at quite a few of their um, uh, call-ins for information and and opinion of certain, I suppose that's their consultation box ticked, um, of things that might be changed or put forward. I actually was in one of them, like a, it's a roundtable meeting with a variety of victims and um, agency staff, and we were going to discuss what, what does a real crime mean? How do you describe what a real crime is? So that this grid of sentencing appropriate to the crime could in some way start to begin um, and be developed. Road trauma was not on the list at all. wasn't there. So little me says, um, I don't think we can do this today because road trauma is missing off the list. And as far as I'm aware, the last time I came into a meeting, it was put into box one, 20 to 25 years for murder, culpable driving, manslaughter, all in the same box. And today I'm here and it's not even on the list. Like, what's the go? Why not? Oh, no, well, we, we just get the list from the Attorney General's office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, well, we let, we either need to stop and reconvene or it needs to be added in some way formally now. So that's what happened. Mm. But I've noticed that, uh, I've mentioned before, there's very few and far between um, culpable driving cases coming through.
2: Mm. You know, you're really highlighting some enormous holes in a lot of systems, but particularly about road trauma it's like you are really, you are battling a a big uphill battle, aren't you?
3: Absolutely, yes. And considering the road toll, it's it's very um, dis- disappointing and and very alarming, actually. Um, yeah, that it's just put aside. What they don't want to know about it. And as soon as you mention the word death, people seem to run a mile. Or ten miles away, they don't want to be having to face it, talk about it, or whatever. But I mean, road trauma doesn't discriminate, so it can happen to anyone at any time, unfortunately. And with um, deterrence, are not there? Repeat offenders know they get away with a lot.
2: Mm. With, a slap on absolutely. the wrist, a lot of the time. magistrates yeah, yeah. let
3: yeah. repeat offenders go back on the road for example um yeah oh i don't know it's it's somehow it's become a gray area
2: mm. oh, i would have said black it, it is not grey. like there is just so many issues hey another issue that you told me about when we were preparing for today yeah was about the course you did attend oh <gasps> oh, yes Oh, gosh. Do tell the listeners will be as shocked as I was. Tell us, tell us about that.
3: Um, I waited about two years after Daniel's death to step back into trying to do something positive about it, driving and so on. So I went to an organisation who run an educate call it an education program for early offenders on the road. And I was telling my personal story as part of that course. It's just for one night. It runs for two hours, I think, max. It's now set from the magistrate's court that people who have come come to, in front of a magistrate with road um, offences are directed to this program And then when they do it, they can take the certificate back to the magistrate and say, oh, I've been a good boy, I've been a good girl, can I have my licence back? There is no accountability for them coming. Um, There were no um, expectations of behaviour when they came. And, a course, that was for 12 to 16 members of early offenders grew out and blew out to perhaps 30 or more in the room and repeat offenders in amongst all of that. So the younger ones and the early offenders were being contaminated by the verbal rubbish and attitude that was coming from these other people wearing a badge of honour because the the police pick on me. I didn't do anything wrong. Then it grew to road rage as well. They're all just being shoved into this course and it was out of control. Anyway, I'd been doing it for 16 months and it was really quite draining emotionally and physically. It took a lot out of me. So you were running this course, Margaret? No, I was the um, guest speaker. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. So this particular night, Lisa said to me, Mum, I think I'd like to come tonight and see how, how you do it, what, what you're doing. And I thought, oh, that's good. And I said, "You "I'll well, we'll bring a friend with you in case, you know, you need someone else to hold hands with, which she did, thankfully. Anyway, I did my presentation and this huge islander, Maori whatever, huge, stood up called me a liar and said I was an actor and none of it was true and how dare I tell them all that they're idiots. I said, well, I didn't use that word, but if you picked it up, well, fine for you, but I didn't call you or anyone in this room an idiot Um, and I'm not an actor. This is true. He said, anyway, he he." came towards me as if he was going to punch me but then thought better of it, he picked up a chair and was going to throw it at me. Anyway, that was diffused. They went outside to have this smoko break and Lisa went out with, with her girlfriend and she went over to this bloke and she said, that was my mum that you've abused in there and you have disrespected my brother. Who was killed on the road you need to think about it anyway he really took that to heart because they're very family orientated people apparently and um he said oh he was he was really quite upset about what he'd done and he wanted to come and apologize to me and lisa suggested he not do that just stay away from her i'll tell her you were sorry she, she said really you should just leave anyway he came he did come back in very meek and mild hardly said a word for the rest of the um session but um the, there's so much wrong with this program it's it's difficult to even start on it um it's it's not really working um there are cultural differences that are not being addressed uh there's no real assessment um
2: so, so what, you, that, you didn't get any follow-up, did you? Like no. That would have been very frightening and, oh. and it was just, well, th- thanks very much, Margaret, and yep. have a have a nice night. Yep, suck it up. See I, you next week. I,
3: yes. I had no contact from the organisation at all because officially they're supposed to ring pre- presenters the day after to see how you're going. No contact at all. I wrote a letter to the board identifying what happened Mm-hmm. No, oh, they just wanted me to, like you said, come on, get up. There's another another group next week. What was the response to your letter? Nothing. I didn't hear back. I got no response at all. Oh, Margaret, seriously. Mm, yes, seriously. So, um, yet again, re-victimize.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well? Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.
4: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I suppose that um, instead of looking after their people, it's just
3: it's it's just taken for granted.
2: You sound like seriously. You sound like you are banging your head against a brick wall so much. I don't know how you keep getting up. Well, tell tell us about uh, road trauma families, Victoria. Oh, goody. what what okay. what a what a wonderful. Uh, oh, a group, not a group, uh, an organisation you've started, you and Lisa have yeah. started. Tell, tell us about yeah.
3: that. Uh, very hard to start up with, but it's gaining momentum and we are very, very proud of what we've achieved over a short space of time. Lisa and I launched the program in 2016, the program you mentioned earlier called Raw to Raw, and... Mm-hmm. Um, working with families to support them um, in a very dark time, I identified a need for assistance for the teens, the siblings left home, left behind. They're watching their parents grieve. They're looking into their eyes too, looking at the, the dark grief of everything, and the parents need to do what they have to do with all of the processes. Um, And it would not be on on purpose or anything But the kids are probably left a bit and they're too young to know too much. Um, There's not a lot that can be shared or done for them. Schools are not equipped to cope with this type of grief, trauma and grief. Um, I've come across a couple of schools that have just been blatantly negligent in their level of care for these kids and their families. So I thought, hmm, I'll, I'll get a program sorted. I'd already sort of dabbled in one for a while um, when I retired from teaching, um, but it all sort of came together really quickly given the need. Uh, TAC are the keepers of the key for um,
2: Road trauma.
3: Yep. And yep. they have done a fabulous job with severe injury. There is no doubt about that. Yes. But where death is concerned, again, as I mentioned before, it's that word people just don't want to discuss it, they would rather run in the opposite direction. But I pushed for quite a while to have something on their webpage about death. What happens? What do you do? Who do you contact? all of that type of information, which is maybe similar to severe injury, but it's not. It, it's its its own beast, you know. Um, it took a while, but they did put something on about death. Okay. Um, I haven't checked lately to see if that bit's on. But given that there are these teens out there not being supported in an appropriate fashion, I... Have, I submitted fund, for funding from them to get our program happening. And it took, it's taken probably three years of ongoing discussions and submissions. I had three rejected. I had one put together by a professional grant writer. They rejected that one too. Um, what, I, what was the basis of their rejection? Oh, every day it was different. Um Well, one of the things that really floored me was they wanted proof of how the young people bonded whilst on camp together. How did that happen? How did that work? Well, that that is an absolutely non-tangible experience.
2: Mm, It is. That
3: I'm not sure how. Um, any words on a page could cover it, um, for them not to have any empathy in these discussions, to even try to get a grip on the emotional connection.
2: Um, what, obviously- wouldn't that just be common sense, that the children of parents that are grieving, uh, that they are going to be grieving in their own way and and how do you prove that like yeah what evidence oh, i don't understand the the basis well, of that that because i didn't have that clearly defined or specific evidence of even though photos and videos um what do they want? I, I sort of think. Do they want photos of the kids like um, uh, collapsing in each other's arms, <laughs> yeah. or uh, you know, crying rivers of tears, or like really? Yes, really. You're right. What what does it what is it supposed to look like?
3: Um, so I didn't um, meet the criteria, which I wasn't aware of in relation to. Defining an intangible outcome. Oh, God. Right. So anyway, um, the other thing that I wanted to push with them, and still needs to happen, they have sixteen thousand dollars put aside for families for counselling. The the TAC money is there for the families to have counselling. Now the counselling for serious, serious injury and death. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, that is in total for one family. So it doesn't matter whether you have one or two children or 12. That's the amount that you've got. And their their, um, counsellors are registered with them. They're on a special list. And may I say many of them are probably close to retirement age. Um, I have questioned whether there are any 21st century approaches available for younger people. Um, that's a no. Um, our daughter Lisa wanted to use kinesiology, for example. That was a no. Um, so young people are saying to me often, well, I'm going Why not? I'm not going to some strange room with a person I don't know that's probably 50 years older than me to asking stupid questions. I'm not going, and they don't. So what happens to the money that's been put aside for these families and then the children who are not attending the counselling? Where is it going? Hmm. I just think, and where would, is it going? Where is it going? I did ask the question um, and was told that it's well, well I don't, they didn't really know, but it probably goes back into the coffers from where it came from. Well, wouldn't it make sense for that money to be allocated to something like a special program for these young people to give them the support and understanding that they need? Counselling doesn't mean you have to go into someone's office and sit there. Counselling can be done um, whilst fishing, whilst playing basketball, whilst having a picnic, um, mm. whilst playing games. There's lots of um, contemporary approaches now mm. available and they're damn
2: good for these young people and it's relevant to them. Mm. And is that what Raw to Raw offers these teens that are falling through the cracks? Yes, exactly what we do. We have um, my team
3: is made up of an occupational therapist, a registered nurse, a police person. Well, now we have two police people, um, a counsellor and a lawyer, um, and then qualified um, physio, not physio, um um chiropractor no no like sport education whether they're coaches or basketball coaches or whatever so they are the team and they are all people who have been through what we've been through so when we meet the magic it's magical when we meet up with the, the the campus for the first time we don't know them and they don't know us But their connection is just pretty much instant. There's only a few that have sort of been a bit, you know, a bit drawn back a bit, taken a little bit of time. But by the time those kids leave camp, the smiles on their faces is just beautiful. The things that they've, they don't have to talk if they don't want to. They don't need to share if they don't want to. They might share one to one if they choose. Um, bedtime is a really interesting time too to have a chat. Um, we have lots of group building activities. This this March we're going to Phillip Island so we'll have um, penguins to see, Koala Park, um, quite a lot of wonderful attractions down there um, in between being back on site with um, structured group building counselling activities
2: but but the kids have got a connection correct me if i'm wrong they would know when they're going to this raw to raw that these other kids are in my boat these other kids mm. have had a death in the family due to road trauma is that right so that's, they would know that's yeah. very right very very yeah, true okay. so there is the, there is a connection when you're not even trying for a connection, you know, so yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
3: another untangible outcome, but it's a very strong and amazing outcome that I didn't expect um, to happen so readily. It's just the most rewarding experience Um, and, of course, every group is different. Who, who pays Who pays for this, Margaret? Well, I do have funding from TAC. Thank you very much, TAC. It's a um, $50,000 grant, partnership grant for two years, it finishes next January, I think. Okay, yep. Um, I'm trying to get some uh, discussion up and running now so that I know um, if I am going to get more funding or not from them, or whether I need to find it elsewhere, but if the program isn't going to move forward for the next camp in 2023, that would be the biggest travesty, honestly. There is nothing else out there for these young people.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm. and, and you're, you're so right like a, a young person a 14 year old mm. sitting in a room with someone they don't know and talking i don't know about you but not many many 14 year olds want to actually talk they mm. are just well that's right. in their own in their own little world and they don't it's just
3: teenagers it's don't talk them. do that you might get a shrug <laughs> of the shoulders if you're lucky i
2: don't know exactly <laughs> don't what
3: you do today not much Nothing. No, no. So, um, a real feature of our camp is a symbolic um, candle lantern release at dusk on some water and we played um, Birds of Tokyo Lanterns and uh, we all watch those lanterns move slowly as it gets darker and darker and they've already decorated their lantern before it goes into the water. But it's so um, emotionally and spiritually, it's so strong and building. The first time I did it, we had some foster kids on camp and this 15-year-old boy came over to me after and he said, that's not fair. I said, what is that? I didn't sign up for this. I've cried. I don't cry. (laughs) (laughs) But. It's, it was the first time that many of them have had an opportunity to um, uh, say goodbye in their own way. Yeah. They have yeah. the memories that they've got, um, yeah. all of those very special um, personal things um, for them, just for them and the person that they've lost or the people they've lost. Sometimes we've had kids come and they've lost themselves. So that is still um, relatable and part of
2: what we've done with the lanterns. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Look, uh, Margaret, in closing, I thought you might just tell us about, uh, and if you please, I don't think we've talked about it much, but Road Trauma Families, Victoria, you offer counselling support. You offer all sorts of things for people that have gone through what you and your family went through when Daniel was killed. Yes. You you offer lots of support. Can you just give the listeners a, a bit of an idea of what you offer and how to contact you? Sure. Sure. Um, Yes, we, we do offer all of
3: all of that, and probably more, depending on what the family need, but the biggest thing is the, um, the connection, the empathy, the understanding of where they are. I can honestly look into their eyes and say, "I know I know exactly where you are with this. I've been there too. Let's walk together and see what we can help you with. And many will come back when they need to. I mean, we're not going to be pushing anything onto anybody, but we're there for them. It's like a transient type of support. People come and go as they need to. So um, as I mentioned earlier, different stages of the process um, brings up different needs and we will do whatever we can to help so even if it's a matter of finding an appropriate counselor for example for a
2: teenager being able to do things like that um, just what to- ab- what about what about um say the mother and like I understand about the teens but what about the mother and father like you and your husband and Lisa yes. and other members of the family you help them as well
3: We right? we do yes we certainly do with the emotional and um I suppose information support. Yeah. If yeah. they're going, when they're going through the court process, we can go and help them. We'll be there to support them. We can guide them through what will happen and how to prepare for that. We help, we've helped quite a few with their impact statement. Um, yeah, anything like even to drive someone. So it, it's ridiculous that people who need counselling after a death are expected to drive from the western suburbs of Melbourne or over to Box Hill yeah, to right. the only place that offer counselling. And may I say that one family were there waiting to go in and the um, offender walked out of another door. So that really isn't um, ideal at all. No,
2: no.
3: Um, yep. Yeah, so... Driving people to where they need to go is also something that we're happy to do. Um, you can't just get in your car after an experience like this and drive somewhere. It's just ridiculous. But there's no thought about that either. So, yes, yes, we do. We um, help out as, as much as possible. So, Margaret, how can people contact you? Uh, my... Phone number and email address are on our web page and the address for that is www.r for road, t for trauma, f for families, v for victoria.org.au. And likewise, our Facebook page is also Road Trauma Families Victoria. If you punch that into Facebook, you'll find lots of information on there
2: as well and i've looked up the facebook page and uh you're right it's got it's actually uh oh it's very sad in one way because it's got um oh what would you call them Uh, examples say there's daniel there and there's Mm, other young people that have died as a result of Mm. road trauma Yeah,
3: a memorial page
2: yeah yeah a memorial that's the that's the word yes so well look margaret I've got to say thank you so much. We've spoken a fair bit of late uh, to people who've caused the road trauma and their total disregard for the law and everyone's safety. But but we also need to hear about those who deal with deaths that are caused by those who flout the law and don't think it applies to them. Uh, there's, there's, just, there's too many deaths that are, uh, occur due to the offenders having been given uh, too many chances, in my view, like a bit of a soft tut-tut from the courts and, yep. and Daniel, for one, would probably still be with us if yes. the courts. I'm sorry to the yes. court staff and court people, but if they'd done their job properly in the first place, Daniel could still be here with us. So if I could ask the listeners to please help Margaret, Lisa and Daniel's dad in avoiding any other unnecessary deaths on a roads, there's just too many. Of Margaret and Lisa's out there, so please drive safely and thank you, Margaret.
3: Thank you, Narelle, for the opportunity. Thanks very much.
2: Been an absolute pleasure. Hey, it's Narelle here again. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcasts as much as we enjoy putting them together. But to make sure you never miss an episode of Narelle Fraser Interviews, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a rating and even a review. And please share it with all your friends too. And again, thanks for joining us. We have got some amazing stories to tell. So thanks again. See ya. Hello, guess who? Just a quick interruption here to let you know you can now become a Narelle Fraser Interviews Patreon. How exciting! Simply go to www.patreon, that's P for Peter, A T R E O N for Norel.com and search for Narelle Fraser Interviews. And to all of you out there who continue to support me, thank you so much.
1: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus,